Hi there, and welcome to Healing at Last, the podcast. Healing at Last is the roadmap to uncovering what happened inside you as a result of the pain of your past. How do you find it, how do you heal it, and how do you move beyond it? So let's get started. Hello, everybody. Uh, Welcome to Healing at Last, the podcast. This is... Uh, episode four and episode four is about anxiety something that I know most of us have faced in our lifetime some of us may still be struggling with it and um, some of us may be experienced and what we're going to start this podcast with uh, is that existential life threatening anxiety so we're going to talk about that journey with that life-threatening existential crisis or existential uh, core threat of anxiety and then we're going to move beyond that how do you get away from it how do you get on how do you get beyond that how do you heal that and not just how do you manage it that's never what healing at last is about healing at last is always about root cause primary pain focused root cause and we talk about that in this podcast today so If that sounds familiar to you, if you've experienced that, then you will want to listen to the rest of this podcast. This is a conversation with the lovely Elaine Sims. Elaine is a well-known, in our own time, a V-brow artist. But not only is she a V-brow artist, she's also a V-brow master, which makes her a trainer of other artists. So, um... Elaine has been a client of mine, was a client of mine, and I now get to say Elaine is a friend of mine. It's lovely that you get to work with all of these people and then you get to be great friends. So um, Elaine is a wonderful friend and has been out of therapy for a while and absolutely thriving. And so this uh, conversation is about Elaine's journey from that existential crisis that fear-based place to thriving and um, not only just surviving but thriving and Elaine just recently has done the lovely Courtney Cox's eyebrows needless to say how so we have a bit of a celebrity on the podcast today isn't that right Elaine? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I suppose what we'll do is we'll start at the beginning um, the beginning of your journey Mm-hmm. when you first came to me and and it's and it's you know we'd have known each other but we weren't friends in any way so when you came what were you coming with do you remember well when I came I remember it was around the time that I'd started the training right. first, and it was really Shauna just coming with a lot of fear a lot of fear and a lot of um not believing in myself at the time and I remember saying to you at that time like that there was a bit of that well there was a really deep darkness you know that I had kind of carried all my life and that I had come to a stage where I knew I had to start looking at it do you know what I mean I had to start bringing it up because it was really even though everything was grand in my life but I think because of it, I kind of detached myself from it in a way, detached myself from my body, if you know what I mean. Yeah, but so I think you because had to whenever... your body, 
but then you not in your body and this is available to you mm -hmm. and so Hi. when you say it was a darkness what way would it show up and you know in life when you came because because you couldn't believe in yourself you had you were starting this job what way was it showing up how was it you know what way was it penetrating your your experience of life it was coming up in um really bad anxiety yeah you know like something would happen um in everyday life and you would know in your own head right Elaine this is not you know rationalizing this this is not something that you have to be afraid of or whatever but my body would have told me a different story do you know what I mean my body was like in that much fear that you know I was ready to fight a lion sometimes <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean that's the feelings that I was having yeah. and I think you know because of that then you're sort of thinking what is wrong with me like what is like there's so much shame attached to that because you're thinking why can I not just be normal why can't I just not be afraid of these things am I that weak I think that was a lot of it for me like wow. just so weak because mm -hmm. isn't it it's fair to say that if we look across social media and a lot of your business is social media I mean putting your brows out there putting your name out there it was all social media based but if we look at social media and you using that word weak looks like everybody else is having this fantastic confident wonderful time where they completely believe in themselves and they present themselves in this wonderful way and there you are having an absolute heart attack like quite literally 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 you know there you are as you say your body and the rigors your mind saying elaine stop it there is no need for this but yet there's no resolution there's no it's not coming down everybody else seems to be all right and you're like why are why am i weak why am i not normal is that fair oh exactly it's exactly what it is do you know what i mean you think like am i really that ultra sensitive like that i'm constantly loving with these feelings yeah. do you know what i mean because it has to be you because it can't be anything else and everybody else is mm. fine so it has to be something wrong with you oh it has to be me yeah definitely because I think that's a lot of the narrative that I had attached to it from when I was young. Like, um, you know, you've brought this on yourself. This yeah. is just the way you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is just the it's way you are. I think that was definitely. So that's where it starts. And then it seeps and the, you know, you started talking about not believing in yourself. How did it show up there? What was the narrative? So your body's alive, as you're saying, but what was the things in your head? What was it saying to you? What was... Um, things that it was saying would be like, you're not enough to get through this. Yeah. You're, you're kind of bluffing your way through this line. Do you know what I mean? It was like you know you'll if you get it you're not kind of getting it from a true place I think that was probably a lot of what the narrative was mm -hmm. and especially if I had found things easy do you know what I mean like I had found it quite easy and it was like right okay you know you're getting royal artist and you're doing really well but in the back of your mind you're going hmm, this isn't really going to work you know something's going to happen something's going to happen it's going to take this off me because I'm probably a man and art of Shona, I was thinking in a way you're not deserving of this, if you know what I mean. 
So mm. this is really important because I'm sure there's many people listening to this that, that are like, oh my God, I can hear that voice. I can hear that narrative. I can hear that you're not deserving. You haven't worked hard enough. You should have worked harder. It was too easy. Are you, f-? and I hear the word fraud. You haven't said the word fraud yet. Fraud, definitely. Fraud was a big word. Fraud was a big word. <laughs> fraud was a big word. We've heard fraud many a day in that, in that office. Oh, so my dad, I know. So, you know, the fraud, the imposter, you're not working hard enough. You, you know, you, this is too easy. You don't really deserve it. So that was the language. And the body was alive. Am I understanding that? Your body was in deep anxiety. Inside the clear method, we have a particular anxiety program. And we always talk about core threats, these threats that are active in us. And core threats, from my understanding and, and from a training point of view, is always a threat that's existential. It feels like it's life-ending. And the symptoms of a core threat would be panic, disassociation. You don't have to get both, you can get one or the other. Or amygdala hijack, severe physical symptoms like not being able to swallow, not being able to think straight, sweating profusely, heating of the body, all of that stuff, not being able to sit. Was that part of your experience physiologically? Oh God, I remember it happening um, first time going to Dublin to do the disassociation the training, and I remember the night before, and it was just I fell asleep for an hour and I woke up at like half one, and it was just constant shock, yeah. constant. It was horrendous. Yeah, because and I I, rem- I do actually remember just associating myself that I, I could feel it that night. I never felt fear like it in my life. Never felt fear like it. And I, mm-hmm. I think that's a really important conversation because I would have had the same type of existential fear. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that we can experience the same amount of fear as an amygdala hijacks, boy panic, you know, disassociation. But we can have it for two very different reasons. I mean, my core reason wasn't your core reason. My inner narrative wasn't your inner narrative. But yet we can talk about the experience like we understand each other. And I think anybody... You have to have experienced it, Sean, as well, to actually ever try to understand it. And I know that's important for a lot of things in life, but when it comes to anxiety, especially that life-threatening anxiety, it's you have to have experienced it. Yeah. It's so debilitating. Yeah. And people think... Oh, she's nervous or oh, you're a wee bit worried about something or it's on a completely completely different level we're talking about real existential threat mm-hmm. existential crisis mm-hmm. that you just you would actually nearly wrap open your body to get away from it it's that debility it's that difficult that's the type of threat we're talking about the thought of having to love with would just be you wouldn't be able to love with yeah and I suppose that's that's our you know that was never our agenda. Mm-hmm. My agenda was never teaching you how to love with us, or teaching no. you how to how to never. 
how to manage it or anything like that. I don't think we have one conversation about management. No, never. I know. We were we were like two surgeons. We were two dozen. We were big plastic gloves on looking for with a looking for the recall. Dive oh, and deep. Dive and deep. Yes, dive and deep. Because I think that's important for many people that would love with that level of existential fear, that that level of activation in their nervous system. You know, they love as you say, they have to love with that would have been would have been too difficult. Yeah. So so we we have this experience, and then we start, as as you say, diving deep. Now, what was the experience of diving deep like? what was because that was good that was good what I would call tug and pull we're pushing at it so it kept showing up in work and what would you find yourself bringing the most in session the beginning I think when I come on to session it was obviously bringing the story of something that, that had happened you know like my machine broke in work and don't know what machine to buy and my god can I afford that machine and what if I get the wrong machine and I don't want to ask anybody about advice for the machine because a lot of my own personality Shauna is I don't want to bother anybody to ask them do you know what I mean and, and I think the line of work that I'm in and I see it a lot now as well it's quite lonely yes do you know what I mean you're working on your own you're in the room with a client that you're putting a permanent yeah. tattoo on their face yeah. you know there's no room for error and you're on your own do you know what I mean so a lot of it was that that I was coming to a session with for you and then it was only once we started going past all that yeah. and actually trying to discover a real threat yeah. deep down inside because like. we had good fun in some of those mm. stories <laughs> mm. <laughs> well I had good fun <laughs> you good fun now uh, a later <laughs> that might me saying this we just we were discussing this before we, we started recording this podcast <clears throat> elaine will come on with lots of narratives and it, you know the machine was one narrative and it's the story it's mm -hmm. the way that the anxiety presents itself it presents itself in story mm -hmm. it presents itself in people and places and things that activate it and we are, are the human mind is none the wiser it believes the narrative. And so I remember you coming in and talking about the machine and I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Mm -hmm. Are you going to waste your energy and time talking about machines? Or are we going to have a look at where the hell this is coming from? And what was that process like for you diving deep underneath that? Probably, I would say, at that stage, it it gave me so much hope, Shona. It was so, it was such a relief. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Do you know that, right, this is not your rational mind, Elaine. This is not, this is something a lot deeper than that. Do you know what I mean? And and just even the fact of being able to identify it and think and, and, and how it actually started leaving my body. Do you remember it? Actually, the feelings would actually have moved and ease that you would have got straight away from just being able to go in and, and actually feel it and kind of speak to it. Yes. Or speak about it and speak about what it actually is. Do you know what I mean? Because it's never really about the situation now. It's always deeper. So it was a deeper fear of, you know, 
humiliation or isn't that the wonder of it what mm-hmm. presents itself in mm-hmm. so many narratives in so many situations and it's and it's conversation in your mind is multi it could talk it could tell so many different stories about in your case you know the possibility of not enoughness not doing enough getting caught out being the po- I mean there's nine million stories there it would just keep coming and coming and coming and coming and coming. Mm-hmm. And it would come in like nine million ways, we nine million verbs and adjectives. And mm-hmm. but that would it would just would be an influx of information. Mm-hmm. But when we started to say, right, okay, what is the source of this? Why is this so noisy? And why is it so noisy now? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, why is it so noisy now? No. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. Because you had exposed yourself, mm-hmm. leveled yourself to a new profession, a new job, and you were climbing the ladder, and it started to get really loud then, didn't it? The more you felt like you were exposing yourself, because it's part of the work and it's part of what you have to do, it's like, you know, you're kind of putting yourself out there day. To be humiliated or to be not enough or and people's going to know and you know the thought of that or the feeling of that was just the feeling of of having these big emotional problems mm-hmm. and I mean overwhelming and all mm-hmm. the scenarios where it would be too difficult for you just kept flooding your body and flooding your mind and then as we started to dig underneath, because that's really important for people listening. It's always presented through a, my- a myriad of different things. But there will be one kind of or two core threats that are at, really, really active. And as, and as you say, Elaine, it's always deeper. Never as when what is being presented. And if you work on what's being presented, you'll trap yourself there. Mm-hmm. That's right. Or it'll, it'll settle until something else happens. Do you know what I mean? And then it'll all start off again with, thank God, I thought I can, I thought I had sorted this out and now I'm feeling like this because of this. And do you know what I mean? So it just presents itself in different ways. It does incredible the way it presents itself. And mm-hmm. the way that we're taught to manage it is to just manage it at the level it presents itself. Mm-hmm. You know, do, do, do titration work, do, or, or do you believe that it was something about not not believing in yourself or it was something about fraud or it was something about deserving in the end it was nothing to do with any of that in the end it had something to do with emotional overwhelm well you tell the story about what it was in the end to do with it was more from such a young age I had I'd never been able to handle my emotions so do you know what I mean? I was never, I was never taught how to handle them. I was never, like I had panic attacks every day going on to school. Up day was in, what age, primary five. And I think I actually remember actually being sick near enough every day of my life going on to school up to then. And I remember the same thing happening the first day in primary five. It's clear as day. And I remember going on the second day and saying, right, shut this down, Elaine. You can't, you can't do this anymore. And I remember just shutting it all down. Wow. 
I remember going on and never cried. There was no panic attacks. There was no nothing. There was just nothing. And I think from then on, I had got really good at just shutting it all away. Do you know what I mean? And kind of cutting myself off in a way to protect myself. Absolutely. You know, and that way then you're not showing emotion. I can't get hurt, you know, but the and same you can't time. Be, you, can't, you can't have this exposed. Emotion, exposed to this emotion and not know mm-hmm. what I have. That's exactly right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the shutting off became a really important part of your journey because it helped you manage it. Oh, God, I, 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 practically, of course, it can't be safe. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? You've no other, you've no other choice, I suppose. And then so down the line, you enter this this career that exposes you again, exposes you to big emotion, puts you out of your comfort zone, exposes you to having a lot of, energy emotional energy mm-hmm. yeah exactly and and having having yourself put out there to be ridiculed and you know people are going to see you for who you are Aline. do you know what I mean and who are you and who were you because that's what the five-year-old believed about herself um, that she was what did you believe that this wee five-year-old was just this wee but just not enough just not enough and not able. Yeah. They're not strong that. enough. Uh-huh. Not able. It's definitely one. Definitely not able for this. Not strong enough. Always felt I needed somebody. Sean, I always felt I need somebody. I can never do things on my own by myself or do you know what I mean? So when it was easy mm-hmm. in the now, mm-hmm. I felt like that that doesn't meet your narrative. How can no. it be easy? How can it be easy? Uh, exactly. I, I must. I must. I must be working hard enough because mm-hmm. people. I, I. I need people to help me. I can do things like this on my own. So when it's easy, it's not doesn't make sense to you. Maybe it's not enough. Maybe I'm not working hard enough. Exactly right. It's like the good, even the good things. Hmm. Doesn't feel the good things don't feel safe. Yeah. They don't feel my body's going. This isn't safe, Aline. This wow. is not. You know. And in your head, you're saying you're doing well and it's grand and, you know, but your body's saying, no, you're not, no, you're not, you know, you're exposed, you're. Mm. And you're exposing, you need help because you're not big enough, mm-hmm. and you're not strong enough and mm-hmm. you need help and you need help and you can't do this on your own. Although you weren't hearing that narrative, although that was the real cause, what you were hearing was you're a fraud. Mm-hmm. It's too easy. It's too you're easy. Not, yeah. Too easy. Why is it so easy? Maybe you're not doing it right. This isn't right. So you're hearing all that language, which is the top end of the expression of the wound, but the wound, this five-year-old wound is, this is too big for me because we're talking about separation anxiety. You would separation anxiety at a five-year-old. You were separate, separated in school. You didn't want to be in school. You want to be back with your mommy and daddy, you know, because you come from a lovely, you know, lovely family with people who really cared for you. But you separation anxiety. And then that separation anxiety believed that you were weak. You weren't strong enough. You couldn't do anything on your own. And it was existential as a child. Oh, God, absolutely. And then I think because of that, there was a, a lot of shame attached to that as a child as well, Sean. Do you know what I mean? 
because it wouldn't have been understood in, in those days. No, no. So you were kind of shamed for being that way as well. Do you know what I mean? And it just wasn't soothed. And that's basically really what it was. And there was it was something that was crying out to be soothed now. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's very important. So mm -hmm. it was crying out to be soothed now mm -hmm. when you were exposed, when you had to level up, when you had to believe in yourself, when you had to believe how strong you were, when you had to believe how capable you were. It just went boom. Come up with such aggression. It really, really does. Like when I think about it now, you know. Crazy. But, I remember thinking at times, I'm not going to get food. This is actually going to kill me. This is really, and then if I do get through it, who am I at the other end of it? <laughs> That's <laughs> a whole. That... <laughs> who am I without this? Is a whole other journey, mm -hmm. <laughs> and there's a whole other journey right that other end of this. Once you're without it, where is it? Exactly. <laughs> I know. Are you sure it's not coming back? What? You actually go looking for it? Oh, there it is. <laughs> go looking for it, mate, because it's such, it's been such a party. We'll, we'll come, come to that in a wee minute. Let's stay here a wee minute. So mm -hmm. hopefully for anybody listening, we've explained that well enough. We've explained how it was showing up and why it was showing up. It was showing up now, today, because it was the perfect conditions for it to be heard. You had to be big. You had to be strong. You had to believe in yourself. You had to have confidence. How do you do it on your own? How do you do it on your own? And you had to know how good you were. Is that really like, right? Oh, God, I. And especially when you have a deep belief that you're not. Yeah. You're not good enough. Do you know what I mean? And you've had it all your life. Then actually come to terms with being good enough mm -hmm. is like... You know, it just it doesn't doesn't feel safety. Amazing, absolutely amazing. And the not good enough place came from the emotional world. I have all these emotions, and that's what makes me not good enough. Am I understanding that? Oh God, I yeah, you're too emotional. You're too like what's what's wrong with me? Just you know, and that's what I took out of it. Do you know what I mean? As a child, I thought, right, this is my fault. This is my you know this is just the way I am obviously I'm just I just can't I can't be like everybody else you know and then as I say then I think I just carried it as I would call it like a darkness yes yeah all my life and Definitely. thinking I just used to think to myself right I mean you're just you're just um not right there's something wrong isn't that incredible but because a lot of what's presented today around good enoughness mm -hmm. is what for one when, when I hear people talk about not being good enough, I hear strategy around confidence or strategy around self-belief or strategy around, you know, believing it and then you'll be it. And, and what you're talking about there is, is really understanding the intricacies of why you don't feel good enough. You need to know why why those feelings are there why those beliefs are there you know just telling yourself but i am good enough i am good enough i am good it doesn't work mm -hmm. it doesn't work when when you're carrying so much 
stuff within you, so much pain within you in regards to how you view yourself. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's and it would never work. And and that's really important for anybody listening because you have this not good enough one that comes from feeling weak, that comes from emotion, that comes from feeling not strong enough. But it's all tied around each other. Mm-hmm. And it's so specific to your experience of uh, separation anxiety. Yeah. You you believe you are some Romy, there's a darkness in you because this isn't normal. Everybody else is perfect, everybody else is all right. This on Roma me. And then you close it down, and then you get to this successful place in your life, and we call it birthing. Boom, fear becomes available. Mm-hmm. Massively. And see, whenever you're tracking, we call track and tracing, track and tracing back to its origins. What was that like for you to see where this was coming from? was very much like I said before it was very much a relief in a way mm-hmm. do you know what I mean I was able to sort of say right this is because of my experiences and what happened to me rather than it's just on me yes yes you were able do to you know what I mean? yeah I so I think because of that then I was able to say right well you know what would I do if it was one of my youngsters do you know what I mean and how would I soothe it in them you know, and it was very much a case of, remember you were assisting me, right, Elaine, you need to kind of sue that we child now. And, you know, I always would have pictured one of them and thought, my God, like, it was so unfair as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think for me, I started getting feeling a bit more compassion for myself at that stage and not just always having myself over the head with something. Do you know what I mean? Like thinking, God, Elaine, you know, like you have been through a lot. So you know, the compassion starts to eke into your body. Aye, you start to absolutely. change the narrative. You start mm-hmm. to change the yeah. pattern that was born in childhood, the pattern of weakness, the pattern of not strong, mm-hmm. the understanding of how to support yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think from that, then I was able to sort of say, right, what is it that I need to do? Do you know what I mean? How is it that I can actually soothe these feelings and like give myself what it is that I need do you know what I mean rather than constantly looking for somebody outside to give it to me or you know that I can actually work out what it is I need and how they and how they give it to myself and that was massive life-changing Sean because once you start to do that you're actually undoing the wound because you are strong and it's not it's rhetoric anymore it's not I am strong. I am. I am not. I'm not weak. It's actually in the fabric of your being, because you, because you are stronger, <laughs> because you are handling your emotions, because you know what to do with yourself, which you never did as a child, and nobody ever helped you. Okay. Because it was all shut down, not because there was anybody about, and you're not welcome. Because you just closed it down and didn't know what else to do with. Yeah. So. You start to change that inner experience. And when you start to change that inner experience, what was the outer? So what was the narrative? Did that get smaller? Did that get you? What was happening then? I think then at that stage, there was no noise anymore. Do you know what I mean? Thing, things started like, you know, to, kind of 
fallen on place more. Do you know what I mean? Kind of um, where before it would have been, oh, I need this, I need this, I need this. Or, you know, like as if you were kind of drowning if you didn't get it. But then I think coming out the other end of it, things were just happening. And there was like a certain kind of freedom that Shona. So see, whenever you start to heal, that when you say the noise lessened, was that the noise of fraud and mm -hmm. not enough? Did that, did that lessen? Oh, absolutely. Completely disappeared nearly. There was no, there was no more what if, what if, what if, what if this happens, what if that happens, or do you know what I mean? It was just lighter. Everything was lighter. And it's important for anybody listening, the what ifs, in, if you're working in clearing method, the what ifs aren't seen as, as a problem. The what ifs and don't do's are a function of the core anxiety. So what ifs are protectors and projections. So that's just your mind's way of protecting you from the core threat. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if you can't do this? What if you can't? It's just a way in which to protect you from, as we now, now you understand you, Elaine, which is I'm too small, I'm too weak, I can't do this, I can't hold, I can't, so I, I can't have anything bad happen. Nothing, everything has to be, be good. And it, what if, and so that noise is part of that, trying to protect that fear, although you don't realize that. Mm -hmm. no, so no. those what ifs switched off and the, fraud and the doubt and all switched off mm -hmm. wow that's amazing you know amazing amazing mm -hmm. amazing when you work on records it's the products of it are amazing oh absolutely it's like just life-changing show really really has to actually feel peace and actually genuinely feel like peace in my mind you know and on my body, and my mind, and my body cooperating together for <laughs> once. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Where I had learned to just be on my mind, not on my body at all. Practically, you know, for all my life. And then when I was when I was having those feelings, then kind of trying to get out of it again, really, really quick. Yeah. But being safe on it now, and actually being able to say, right, you know, it's not to say you don't have anxiety, but it's not life-ending anxiety it's not like oh my god I couldn't love like this this needs to stop yeah. this fear of everything do you know what I mean it's just no it's quite normal yeah because what we're talking about here is we're talking about switching off the core threat that I'm not enough mm -hmm. yeah. I'm going to be seen as not enough everybody's going to see this weakness or darkness in me you switch that off that stops you switch mm -hmm. off the weakness not able you switch that off so then you don't have the noise that comes with that but that doesn't mean you switch off you know if you were walking down a lane and somebody come up you wouldn't be switching off that anxiety that's there yeah. mm -hmm. and and as you grow and you get to the next level which we'll talk mm -hmm. about now in a minute mm -hmm. as you continue to grow and move you know there is a, a level of anxiousness but it's not the same it's growth anxiety more than it is that existential threat. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's anxiety that can be managed. It's nearly excitement. <laughs> if yeah. you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, it's like a, because it's, it's part of your anxiety. growth. Uh, yeah. I know. Yeah. And and there's there's so much of our work that we would have 
we would have done, we got the body, the mind used to those sensations so that it doesn't freak out about those sensations either. So if you're getting that, that kickback of growth or if there's anything that's causing you anxiousness, mm-hmm. you know, could be an argument we have with your spouse mm-hmm. and you're anxious about it or, or Wayne's test results or whatever and you're anxious. Mm-hmm. So we're saying that we're not taking that anxiety away, mm-hmm. but we're taking the core threats. Yeah causes the existential crisis the existential anxiety away yeah but we're irrational so much more energy. Mm-hmm. yes yes mm-hmm. because you're taking that away mm-hmm. that's what you're doing you're leaving yourself more energy for the other things yeah mm-hmm. so once it was cleared right what happened then so once you were getting that peace once all that had gone what 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 started to happen because you weren't you weren't uh, a brow master when when we were working. No, no. Well, after that, then that's what I'm saying. It just seemed to flow better. Do you know what I mean? Just my work, love my work, absolutely love my work. And I would have worked a lot with all our girls that were learning yeah. to do fibers. Do you know what I mean? A lot of them would have connected with me and text me and reached out to me and stuff and I would have seen in them a lot and still do see in them a lot of me you know when I was training and and I just thought I just think to myself you know I remember being in that place Shauna and just needing somebody you know what I mean and always and I always say to them look if you're in doubt just text me or text somebody or do you know Mm -hmm. um so then they asked me then to start taking trainings on my own. So they asked me to be master then and actually start doing the trainings myself, which wow. was amazing. No. <laughs> Isn't that just incredible? Mm-hmm. So once you were freed up, you were able to then to go to the next level. You were able to upgrade. You were able to go on to the next mm-hmm. level of your, of your profession. And how easy was that jump up? From the jump up the artist to the jump up the master, how easy was that next level up? It was actually quite easy. Yes. <laughs> it was very easy in the sense that it's very natural for me. Do you know what I mean? I love helping people, Sean. I love being able to kind of um see past the whole bravado at the end of the day. Like we're all human. Do you know what I mean? I can see fears in people a mile off. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? And I think for me as a trainer, it's about helping people identify their fears and, and work out what it is they're actually afraid of. Do you know what I mean? And I think, like, as we done, when you actually are able to, to work that out, it dissipates. That's it. When, you're you know. able to, when you're able to get the root cause. But, mm. but what you're saying there is that your journey mm. in anxiety, your journey in, in not enoughness, your mm. journey and the reasons that enoughness is there, and your journey in aloneness yeah. and weakness, mm-hmm. and your journey in anxiety mm. has helped you be more empathetic to the people you're training is help oh, you spot it and them and support them better absolutely yeah. definitely and so you're and in- I think I think that's why it feels so natural to me do you know what I mean I can see me in them I can see me in the people that I do train and the people that you know reach out to me and stuff all the time mm. and so you're able to answer them and you're able to you're able mm-hmm. to be an empathy empathy with them and your ability to be congruent honest with them and your ability 
not see them as weak, not see them as less than, hold them up. Yes. In, in my field, we call it unconditional positive regard. No matter what they're feeling, yes. no matter what they're going through, you see them as bright shining stars. You see them Aye. as capable. Because I know, you know, like you look at somebody, you know they can do it. Do you know what I mean? And it's about helping them to kind of believe in themselves. I can do it if I can do it. Any, you know, anybody can do it really. You know, and I think that's really what it's it's really what it's about. And it's about letting people know that they're not on their own, Shona. Do you know? Well, you are on your own, but I mean you're not really ever on your own because there's always somebody there to ask, or there's always somebody there to reach out to, or do you know what I mean? So you if we round this off, I think it's a lovely way to round it off. You had to give yourself what you missed as a child. You had to give yourself the gift of strength and the gift of soothing your inner emotions in order to feel enough. Yeah. And then what you're now doing, that in, in that, that journey has settled the existential anxiety. And then what you're doing now is that you're giving the same gift to others. Mm-hmm. you're given the gift of support you're given the gift of compassion empathy mm-hmm. honesty and unconditional positive regard you're given back what you'd given to yourself That's in order exactly to right. I know. And exactly. I think to actually do that Shona from a really genuine perspective you have to be able to give it to yourself you have to be able to give it to yourself first and like I only realize that now at my age do you know what I mean? That I used to think doesn't really matter about me, you know, focusing on other people or whatever, but that's really not, that's not the, the way it is. It's not how it works. No. When you not. have it within yourself, you can give it. You don't that's have it exactly within right. you can never you can't give it. Can't give it. Mm-hmm. You can't give it. I know. Absolutely can't give it. Mm, I know. And so you're given what was never given to you, mm-hmm. and you are helping people support themselves on a journey of self-discovery even though it's through vibrates but that's what you're doing wow congratulations congratulations my son that's just amazing absolutely how does it feel to hear that back like that that must be amazing I suppose. like i feel like a proud mommy but uh how does it it all about you, Sean, for well you know what you, that, that's absolutely I, you know, the process of clearing is incredible. Oh my God. It's something that's, it's so indescribable, Sean. It really is so unbelievably powerful and it just cuts through so much stuff, so much storytelling, so much pointless stories about machines. Stories about, (laughs) (laughs) about machines, I know. But it's true. It does. Do you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. something that that that's. I don't know. I'm just so grateful that I got to to experience it. Honest to God, absolutely. I get, I get to be awesome. grateful that I get people like you because you came relatively early in the in the in the process of the development of the model. You know, so you came in the middle of that development of this model, and you know, you trust you trust me. You, you trust me to do the work with you. you trust me to go back to your you know the childhood parts of yourself and you did the work I did nothing like I just was a I just was a understander of where you needed to go that's all I was but that's also a privilege that you know there's somebody 
because I get to work with somebody like you who's willing to go to the corners mm. and who will who will do do what it's right for you in order to heal and and then be able to reflect the model as brilliantly as you do and to help others because that's you know the real purpose of the model is that that what you create and you help and others and that's what's happening here so it's really brilliant really really brilliant. it's giving people hope shauna that there is a way out of that anxious way of loving there is a way out of carrying old stuff and there's actually a way out you know actually be able to heal it and move on in your life and not have to always manage it and not have to always you know keep going back to it and do you know what I mean it's just knowing that there's a way out of it like absolutely I'll leave that last I'll, I'll leave those last words to you it is powerful thank you for that and hopefully anybody listening to this will because our intention I think was hope and direction I think that was the intention we said at the beginning of the session. Hopefully we have fulfilled that intention for you. Um, and at the time of this recording, um, we have, I have trained a lot of anxiety specialists. And they are all available online. Um, if you go to the website, which is com, you'll see the anxiety specialists and you can reach out anybody any one of those are numbers and names are on if you're suffering with anxiety and you would like to do what elaine has just described um and uh yeah hopefully that's uh, a, a resource that you can find there's also a uh, five-day master class coming up very soon uh, if you're interested in learning as a therapist more about the anxiety model then um certainly check the website out or reach out to us uh, on email and we'll uh, answer any queries that you have. Okay, thank you everybody. Hopefully that was helpful um, and hopefully you got enough out of that and we fulfilled the intention that we set until the next time.